Let me greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank the Lord for bringing us together once again. Um, let me also take this time to thank you all for um, your participation at the camp and for a successful camp that we had during the weekend last week. Um, may God bless you and keep you, and may God continue to build us up as a church um, to love one another and to continue to serve one another in the ways that we did, and even more, um, may we continue to to do that even more. So we continue today with, um, oh, sorry, I see uh, our brother. Um, it's been a while since I, I saw him. I forgot your name. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I remember now, Billy. Um, it's good to see Billy once again um, with us. May God bless you as you join us uh, in worshiping and even in hearing um, the word of God. We continue with our series um, that we've been doing for several weeks now, um, going through um, the I Am Sayings of Jesus Christ. That we call in the series Unveiling um, Jesus uh, from John chapter 6 to John chapter 15. And now we are in John chapter 14. We look at uh, another I am sayings, uh, another I am saying that Jesus Christ reveals about himself in John chapter 14, verse 6. Um, I'm going to read verses 1 to verse 6, and then we'll continue with God's word um, for us this morning. I read from the ESV. Let us follow God's word as we hear him. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I, have, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And verse 6, um, the focus verse for today. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. I'm sure that all of you have this verse memorized. Oh, you're going to memorize it after today. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word. Even as we draw near to you today, um, we pray that show us Christ. Open our minds, open our hearts to see wonderful things from your word. That we may be people that are filled with joy in our hearts, praise on our lips, and worship. Lord, we pray that you honor your name through the preaching of your word. Give me clarity of speech and clarity of thought as I dive into your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In this passage, we find the most remarkable statement that Jesus made. He makes two statements. The first statement is on his exclusivity. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and again, he talks about being the only one that leads us to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, this statement cuts at the heart of the political correctness of the society that we live in. In Article 15, 
of the South African Bill of Rights. In section one, this is what it says. It says, everyone has the right to freedom of conscience, religion, thought, belief, and opinion. Uh, what this means is that anyone in our land has the right and prerogative to choose whatever religion they want, regardless of what the next person thinks. They have that right. It is ingrained in the South African Bill of Rights. They, they have it. It is, their, it is their constitutional right to, to believe whatever they want to believe. And the, the, the key word to, for such a culture is um, pluralism. pluralism. And at the heart of pluralism is the belief that there is no religion that can make a claim to having the whole truth. There is no one religion, this is what they believe, that there is no one religion that has an exclusive claim to God, which means that whatever religion one chooses to follow, one will get to God, right? They say there are many paths to God. That is the belief. There are many paths to God. There is not just one exclusive path to God. There are many, many paths to get to God. In, in, meaning that if you're a Muslim, you can get to God. If you're a Hindu, you can get to God. If you're a ZCC, you can get to God. If, whatever religion that comes to mind, you can still get to God. But Jesus here, in John chapter 14, verse 6, speaks to the heart of the issue. When we read the words of Jesus, our answer and conclusion to the pluralistic world that we are living in must be this. You have the right to believe whatever you want. Right? First statement. But you do not have the right to make up your own truths and to change the truths that already exist. Right? You have the right to believe whatever you want, but you do not have the right to make up your own facts. And the truth we find in these words touches on this very same thing. So Jesus Christ, when he, whatever, when he, when he, when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one goes to the Father except by me, uh, he, he, he touches on three important questions that we need to, to bear in mind this morning. The first question is, how can I be saved? The second question, how do I have a relationship with God? Or um, lastly, how do I get to heaven? And the answer is found in the words of Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And here in this statement, we see three important things about Jesus Christ. First of all, we see that Jesus is the way we need to walk to get to heaven and to God. Secondly, Jesus is the truth we need to believe to get to heaven and to God. Thirdly, Jesus is the life we need to live forever with God in heaven. Let us look at the first important thing about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way we need to walk to get to heaven and to God. Verse, uh, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way. So think, think firstly of a path or a road, a, a way that, that leads to heaven. Jesus does not say, as, as many religious leaders have, 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 have said, um, they say, this is the way, or that is the way to heaven. But rather, Jesus Christ takes that statement and says, I am 
the way. When you look at the testimony of scripture, you see that Jesus is the prophet who points us to heaven. But he is more than that. He is the priest who saves his people so that they have a right to heaven. And he is a king who leads, who leads his people safely all the way there. He is not only our great example, but he is also our great savior. And this is one of the things that distinguishes Jesus and points to him as our savior. What, we need, what, we, what you need to get to heaven is not a philosophy or a way of life, but you need a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. He makes clear that he is not simply the pioneer. He, he, he is the one who, he's not just the one who, who blazes the trail to heaven, but he is the way to heaven itself. He is the savior. He's the lamp of God who takes away sin, the, the ladder or the stairway to heaven. He is the one who can give eternal life. And all these ideas bring it home to us. Without him, there is no way of going to heaven. Without Jesus Christ, the way remains firmly closed for us. It is as we come to God through him that we gain access to heaven. That's the only way we can gain access to heaven. He is the one in whom we must put our trust. We must rely upon. We must believe in. The, when you look at the New Testament, it, it stresses the difficulties of getting to heaven. Um, we, 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 we have to go through many troubles to enter the kingdom of God. And here we... Uh, we find that Jesus teaches a more fundamental truth in this passage, that the way to heaven is only through him. It is through him alone. If we remember the way to heaven and to God, then the difficulties in getting there would not concern us. Right? If we know that Jesus Christ is the way and we cling to the way, Whatever difficulty that we face in life, whatever um, challenge and experience that we go through would not concern us because we know we have Jesus Christ as the way. And think about this. By nature, we are wanderers. We, we wander far from the right path. We are exiles far from home we, with no hope of heaven by nature. However, in Christ... We see, that we, 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 we see the way back home. Christ is the one who calls us back home. He gives us the way to heaven. And by, by nature, according to the Bible, we are far from God and we cannot come to him. And, and that is our greatest misery. But Jesus Christ is the way to him. And the greatest joy we can know is to be brought to God through Jesus Christ. And this happens when we put our trust when we believe our confidence, when we put our confidence uh, in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves, but in him alone. So one of my, my deepest desires for, for CBC, one of my greatest desires is that the DNA of CBC will be a DNA of people that are passionate about reaching out. And so we, we, we live in such an environment in Rustenburg that 
it's fast becoming an individualistic culture where people are, are, are holding to themselves, right? But I, 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 my desire for CBC is that we will be a, a, a culture or a community that is plugged in together. And not only plugged in together, but also has a desire to, 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 to reach out to the world and call them to, 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 to Christ. And so the only way we can do that is if this message is in our hearts, right? It's in our minds. And we are passionate about this message. We are passionate about letting the world know that Jesus Christ is the way. In order to be an effective church, we do not just come here and sing songs and hear a, 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 a sermon from uh, the series of unveiling Jesus Christ, go home and, and wait for Sunday. In order to become an effective church, we need to be the salt and, and light of this community, right? We, we, we need to, to, to be people that are plugged in into the life of this community and are calling people to repent and to, 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 to see Jesus Christ as the way. So Jesus Christ makes this exclusive claim to us, but not only to us, but to the world as well. Jesus Christ is not saying, I'm the way for Christians and there are other ways for other religions. No, Jesus Christ is saying, I'm the way and that's it. And we need to show people the way, right? We need to point to Jesus Christ. Secondly, Jesus Christ is not just the way we need to walk in to get to God and heaven. Secondly, Jesus Christ is the truth we need to know to get to heaven and to God. Jesus Christ is the truth we need to know to get to heaven and to God. First of all, he says, I am the way. Secondly, he says, I'm what? I'm the truth. And before I get into this, um, grammar is very important, right? Grammar is very important. So um, when, when one uses a definite article, he's speaking about something that is specific, right? But when, when one uses an indefinite article, he's speaking about something. If I, if I say a chair, you wouldn't know which chair I'm referring to in this building, right? But if I say the chair, it means that in our minds we know that there is a specific chair, right? So Jesus Christ is not saying, I am a way or I am a truth and I am a life. He's not saying, I, I'm part of, of other ways. I'm part of other truths. I'm part of other uh, uh, um, um, lives. Jesus Christ is saying, I am the way. You see, he uses a definite article to show that I am a specific way. And here he says, I am the truth. And I suppose Jesus could have said, could have left it there when he said, I am the way. That, that, that may perhaps be enough when he said that. But he does not leave it there. He, he adds the truth. He says, I'm the way and the truth. And Jesus is not only the way, but he's also the truth. So this time, the picture is more abstract. He, he goes for the word truth. We can picture truth as a complete cycle, right? As a complete circle or a line that is absolutely straight. If a wall um, 
think about this is straight. We say it is true. And, and, and to, 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 again, to prove true is to remain loyal, to, to, to not let a person down. There, there is the path, then, uh, but there's also knowing the way to walk in that path. You, you, you stick to the path, and, and that is the key. Again, however, it isn't simply that he is true and that his way is true. It's, it's not just that, right? That, that is true, right? He is true and his way is true. He, he's not simply saying um, he is the right way uh, as many of them have, 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 have uh, many of the religious leaders have, have said that sort of thing. Jesus Christ, what he's saying here, he's saying I am the embodiment of truth, Right? He is the embodiment of truth. All truth finds its, 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 its reality in him. And anything that contradicts Jesus Christ is not the truth. It's, it, 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 anything outside of Jesus Christ is not the truth. Anything that does not line up with him is not the truth. So Jesus Christ is the measurement and he is the standard of all truth. How do we get to God? The answer, if the answer is not through believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then that answer is misleading according to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how sincere the answer can be. It doesn't matter how much that person believes it. They are sincerely wrong. Jesus Christ says, I'm the truth. And, and as the truth, we can trust every word that Jesus Christ spoke in his word. He is saying himself that he is in the embodiment of truth. He is the truth personified. All other ways are, are false. To trust in anyone else is to reject the truth and to reject the one who is the truth. We must put our trust in this one. All of it. Not some of our trust. All of our trust must be put in Jesus Christ who is the truth. And I know there's an idea today I don't know if you have encountered this idea. Um, it has existed in the past, um, but I think it's, it's more uh, prevalent in, in our time and in our day um, that truth is relative. What that actually means is that, um, and, and, and it's, it's more prevalent in, in, in universities and among, among um, intellectuals. Uh, um, so so they, people say, and I, I hear it a lot of times when I have conversations with people, and they say, um, when you speak about the truth, and say, this is the truth, and they say, no, truth is relative. What, what that means, that statement really means, is that there is no such thing as truth. Right? They say that. No, there's no such thing as truth. And, and they say that with confidence, as if they don't realize how ridiculous that statement really is. Because if I say that statement, there is no such thing as truth, my uh, uh, presupposition is that that statement is what is true, right? Then I've contradicted myself. There is something as truth. There's such a thing as truth. So the, 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 this idea, the whole idea behind uh, uh, um, this statement of, of relativism is behind uh, moralism, right? Morals. Because if there's no such thing as truth, then I am not accountable to anything. I can do whatever I want. 
with my life, with my sexuality. That's why you, you find that that is the argument. That behind the argument is trying to defend a sinful lifestyle. Because if I am not accountable to anyone, if I, I do not have to answer to anyone, if there is no standard that keeps me uh, away from certain things, then I, I, I can do whatever I want, right? But Jesus Christ says, I am the truth. And as the truth, he is the standard, right? He is holy, he is righteous, and that is God's standard. And if anything does not line up with that standard, it falls short of God's glory. That is why he's the one who takes us to heaven. That is why without him, we cannot get to heaven because we need a righteousness that is truly, truly righteous, right? We need a holiness that is impeccable, that is spotless, and we do not have that. And so the only way we can get to God, the only way we can have a relationship with God is through him because he's impeccable. He is spotless. He is righteous. He is holy. That is why even Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we may be what? The righteousness of God through him, right? In other words, what happens, the, uh, the idea there is, 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 is the idea of atonement, where, where Jesus Christ um, takes his righteousness and, and, and puts it on us, and takes our sin and puts it on himself, and he dies on our behalf on the cross, right? All our guilt, all our sin is nailed on the cross, and his righteousness is given to us, is transferred to us. So we have the righteousness that we have, the righteousness that takes us to God is a transferred righteousness. It's not an inherent righteousness. It's not a righteousness that we are born in because we are all born in sin. We are born guilty before God. We are born deserving the wrath of God. But Jesus Christ makes this claim that I am the truth. He's the only one who is truth. In other words, not to believe in Jesus Christ is to believe a lie. It is to believe something that is false. Something that will be discovered to be false in the end. Today, we have so many Jesuses that are being preached on pulpits. That is one of the, the most dangerous things for people who are under those ministries. Because the Jesus that is being preached is sometimes Jesus the health practitioner or Jesus the, the economist who makes you rich, right? Uh, or, 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 or Jesus the philosopher or, 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 or whatever Jesus they are preaching. They are preaching many Jesuses on the pulpit, but it is not the Jesus of the Bible. And so at the end of the day, people will um, stand before Jesus Christ, right? And, and, and so they, they think that they have, they, they, they have come to truly know him, but they will find out very late that they didn't know the real Jesus, the Jesus who is the way and the truth. And Jesus will look at them and say, depart from me. I never knew you. Imagine at the end of whatever many years that you have been a Christian, quote-unquote, right? 
going to church and hearing this prosperity message each and every day, hearing all these messages that are motivational in nature. You're being motivated, all motivated, and you find out later that you are being motivated to hell. You are not being told about your sin. You are not being told about repentance. You are not being told about holiness. None of those things were, were being said to you. All you are being told is that how blessed you are, how blessed you will become, whatever is coming for you. Healing is coming for you. Marriage is coming for you. And all these things are coming for you. But at the end of the day, you find yourself in the presence of the Lord himself saying to you, I never knew you. This is the one who reveals himself this morning. He says, I am the truth. Not only that, not only does he reveal himself as the truth, he says, first of all, I am the way. You need to walk to, to, to get to God and to, to heaven. Secondly, I'm the truth. You need to believe. You need to get to heaven and to God. Thirdly, Jesus Christ is the life we need to live forever in heaven with God. Jesus is the life we need to live forever in heaven with God. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and thirdly, the life. I, again, Jesus could have stopped after saying, I'm the way and the truth. But he, he, he doesn't do that. He goes on to say, I am the life. And this time we are thinking not of just the path or or, or knowing the way along it, but we are thinking of the life that enables a man to travel along that road. The life that, that gets you to travel along that, no, that, that, that road. But by nature, we are not able to take one step in the right direction. There, there is no life in us. We are dead in sin and trespasses, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse, verse 1. But Jesus Christ is the life. He, he gives us the power and the strength to live the life that leads us to heaven. Eternal life is something that is only found through Jesus Christ. And so again, we, 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 we say we must trust in him alone. Eternal life or the true life that leads to heaven is found in Jesus he, he is the one who leads us to the Father. He is the one who gives us life forever. And again, it is not simply that he gives life, but he is life himself. Right? He is life himself. He is the source of all life. Apart from him, there is no life but only decay and death and, and deadness. He, he, he alone can bring a person alive from death so that he can walk the true path to heaven. Yet again, we see the, the important contrast here with other religious teachers. This is how to live, they say, but they cannot say, here is life. They say, come, I have life in myself. They cannot say that. They, they, they cannot give people life. They just give advices and, and do this and do that. You will have life. But Jesus Christ says, come to me. I am the life. The statement with Jesus is quite different. I am the life. You see, by nature, we are not only not on the road to heaven and ignorant of where that road is. 
By nature, in ourselves, we have no life to enable us to find and to travel that road. Jesus is the life. And becoming alive to God, we become alive to God only by receiving him, by receiving life from him. In other words, it means put your faith in Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ. There are many today who feel utterly dead, and that is exactly their state. Their, their state by nature. They are, according to the Bible, cut off from God and life in him. People lack spiritual life. They are, they are lifeless and, and, and languished and, and lacking in true life. They are dead in their trespasses and sins. And we need to let them know. Once again, I repeat myself, we need to let them know of this glorious truth that Jesus Christ is the life. One Tuesday, one, one, one Wednesday evening after Bible study um, at Lay Street, we, as we were going back home, we were passing by and we saw the ladies of the night. And that broke my wife's heart. It's been breaking my heart. I, I, I say this because I, I, I felt like I'm really getting used to the, the state of Rustenburg. But when my wife saw that, she, she couldn't sleep the whole night. She, she kept talking about it the next day. Not only that, but just looking at the state of the, the, the town that we are in, the, the community that we find ourselves in, when we truly look at this community with the eyes of Jesus Christ, what we will see is people that are helpless, that are harassed, that are like sheep without a shepherd. The only way we can respond to such a situation is with the compassion of Jesus Christ, right? With the message of Jesus Christ. That is the only way. We, we need to be reminded as Christians, we need to be reminded as CBC that we are not saved for ourselves. We are not here to, we are not saved to come to church, to, to, to live our lives, to go to, to our jobs, die and get to heaven and sing praises forever. We are saved to, to, to share the gospel, to, to, to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is the life to a dying world, that people can find hope in him. That is the, the very fact that Jesus Christ saved us if we were saved just to go to heaven Jesus Christ will save us and get us to heaven at the same time but he leaves us in this world to be lights to be souls to reach out right let me, let me conclude here but let me say this I have so much to say I, I'm, I'm looking at my, my manuscript that there's still so much to say but, but let, me, let me say this to you Think about the friend that you have who does not know God. Think about your colleague. Think about your, your family, your relatives. When you are with them, and you are with them the whole day, do you ever think about their spiritual state and their future in hell if they do not know God. Uh, does that ever break your heart 
Does that ever bring you to tears when you are alone, thinking that these people, if they do not come to know Jesus Christ, they will die and go to hell? We have hardened our hearts as Christians, and that is not something to say about Christians, but that is true of Christianity today. We have hardened our hearts against the command of Jesus Christ to go and make disciples. That command was not a command for pastors. It was not a command for just the disciples, the 12 disciples in that time. It's a command that is still alive even today. It's a command that Jesus Christ is saying to you even this morning. Go and make disciples. You know, if we, we, we want to be a healthy church, this is what we're going to do in the future. And I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I, I can do that. I'm not trying to, to guilt trip you. But, but I'm trying to encourage you and to, to, to get your gears working, to get your engine running, right? Invite your friends to church. Invite your friends to church. Share the gospel with them. Speak to them about Jesus Christ. Remind them that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except by him. Our dear Heavenly Father, indeed we find ourselves a lot of times afraid to speak these truths or even inadequate. We do not know even how to start. We do not know how to approach people. We find that we keep having these thoughts in our minds that say, what will they think about me? What will they say? How will they respond? God, may, may we never be stopped by those silly thoughts. May we be reminded of your presence with us. May we be reminded of the truth of your word. And may we go and make disciples. In Jesus' name, amen.